0: This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issues, when love goes wrong, what happened, and how to fix it. How can you keep emotionally connected and not disconnect over time, whether you're married or not? Well, I think that you have to be intentional
1: about your relationship. Mm. You know, it's not something that just happens because you live in the same space or you go on dates or whatever that is. You have to be really intentional about your relationship. What does that mean? Uh, well, identify. I, mean, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, but. but like, okay, both of you say this is what we really want, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of like, you know, um, I don't know why this came to mind, but hopefully this makes sense. Like the the Apollo, like the rocket ship that was going to the moon, like 99% of the time it was off course. But it always made it to its destination because it stayed in connection in touch with mission control. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is advice for life
0: with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and thirty-day free trial at adviceforlifewithlynn.com/slash/Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, everybody. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are about to have the royal wedding. And if you're listening to this podcast after June of 2018... What is the? I don't know what the day is. Anyway, if you're listening to after like June, I think they're getting married like June 18th of 2018. They're already married. And this wedding is so intriguing to so many romantics, especially women. You've got the adorable prince marrying a beautiful American actress. And the way they look at each other just screams about how much they seem to be deeply in love with each other. Surely they don't get irritated with each other. But let's be real. Nothing's perfect. And every single person brings in old childhood issues in every relationship. And if we're not... Not aware, if we're not conscious of our issues you know, I love that word conscious, but it's true. We just keep repeating our past, repeating the issue, issues, and we do our part to the destruction of the relationship over time, if we're not aware. don't want to be a downer, but it's true. And then we end up blaming the other person, usually for the destruction of the relationship. God forbid, we own anything. Although I, I like blaming sometimes, it feels good. <laughs> but, but sometimes these issues are hidden so well, they're disguised so brilliantly, especially when you have this passionate connection You don't even notice that they're corrupting your relationship over time. You think that you're annoyed that your husband or boyfriend leaves the toothpaste lid off all the time or that it's crusty. But it's really about something else. I remember there was a time when one of my exes would bake frozen french fries on a cookie sheet, take the fries off the sheet, and put the sheet back in the oven, back in the oven without cleaning it, like crumbs all over the place. It would drive me insane. I'm not even OCD. I'm just neat, clean. I would constantly say, could you please wipe down the cookie sheet before you put that thing back in the oven so we don't attract roaches, like we already have roaches in Florida. I mean, we do live in South Florida, I said, you know, the land of the roaches. He never wiped down the cookie sheet. I don't know if he ever responded my, to my consistent requests, nagging. Um, it would piss me off so much. Not the dirty cookie sheet, but the fact that I felt so unheard and so unimportant, I really started to get resentful. It was like symbolism to me, like, well, up yours, who cares? Fuck you. Eventually, there were so many other problems that I let the damn cookie sheet go. You know, I, I said to myself, well, do you like the package? That's what my guru always says to me. Do you like the penguins? And I would say, okay, okay with the cookie sheet. But this kind of thing builds up like drops of water in a glass. And eventually, the water overflows and the relationship is affected. The guy you were once crazy about, you now want to slap in the back of his head. So, how do we prevent, by the way, let me just, before we ask this question, I'm not innocent. I'm just giving an example from my point of view. I'm sure I did a buttload of things to irritate him, although I can't really think of any. So, how do we prevent our relationship from eroding? How do we keep love alive and actually grow it, hear each other, respect each other? We're about to find out. Okay, uh, top three things on my mind. We're doing confessions now. I love this part. Time
1: for Lynn's confessions.
0: Uh, number one, I have clean cookie sheets right now. <laughs> but there is a substantial amount of crust in the crevices of my car seat. And if somebody asked me, could I clean them because we share the car, I would do my best. Number two, at first, I loved my boyfriend's cleanliness. <laughs> He's not listening. He never does, so I'm okay. But when I saw him nearly have a heart attack... As I was about to put my feet on his dash in his car, I thought, ooh, this cleanliness thing might be too much. But I respected him. He didn't, he didn't have to say anything. I respected where he was coming from. A little bit of de- deprivation. It was a new car. I got my feet. Okay. Even though they were clean and pretty, you know, I got it. But I was like, oh my God, oh my God, is he going to be doing this all the time? Am I going to be doing this all the time? But it worked out so far. Knock, knock, i <laughs> wood. Number three, I'm thinking of trying the cellulite treatment, which I hear is kind of painful. If we can send a man to the moon, why can't we find a cream to cure frickin' cellulite? And cancer, by the way, while we're at it. I'll let you know how it goes. Background check. The background on today's guest, Dr. Lisa Arango is a psychologist, licensed mental health counselor, certified parent coach, and is trained in emotionally focused couples therapy, also called EFT. She helps couples with conflict and relationship issues, thank God. In other words, Lisa knows her stuff and especially helps people who have relationship problems. Perfect for us. Lisa says there is a reason beautiful relationships filled with love go wrong and she can give us some key tools on how to keep this from happening to us welcome Lisa thank you Dr. Arengo
1: oh you please call me Lisa thanks for having me today I'm so excited
0: Aww, is
1: this your first podcast? it is my first podcast that's so amazing Uh huh. and with you how wonderful
0: this is going to be the time of your life yeah I can already feel it <laughs>
1: it's
0: going to be the time of our life okay um Give us an example of when love goes wrong. Well, you, if I, do you mind if I use your example? Of course. Because
1: that was just so typical. And we could put any sort of content, what we call content, into um, what we will identify as a negative cycle that couples get stuck in. So when couples come to see me, I view them as stuck and not broken. So a typical uh, conflict that people get into is what you mentioned, like the cookie crumbs on the cookie sheet. And there's an underlying message there, and you got right to the heart of it, Lynn, when you were talking about that, which is kind of those underlying questions that we are really asking when we're in conflict. So when we're in conflict, if you could imagine an iceberg, right? And so above sea, like the sea level, right? Sea and also see is the cookie sheet, and you get mm-hmm. in conflict. Okay, you mm-hmm. do that, you didn't do this, and then you get into a battle of who's the bad guy or. You know, you need to fix this in order to make things better. But if we go to a deeper dive into what's really going on there, there's some primary questions that we ask ourselves in love relationships. And they are, it's an A-R-E question. So are you there for me? Mm. So the A is asking, are you accessible? The R is, are you responsive? And are you engaged? So when you said something along the lines, do I even matter here? That's a primary question that we're asking in our relationship. And if the answer is a yes all the time it will most of the time because we always kind of we can always step on each other's toes more mm-hmm. on the dance floor but if most of the time that answer is yes i matter to you i'm important to you then we feel secure in our relationship and we can manage those little day to day things like leaving the cap off the toothpaste you mentioned a big one with my husband we first got married was which way and i'm not kidding you which way to put the toilet paper roll does the toilet paper mm. roll hang over, over under. or under?
0: <laughs> What's the answer, by the way? Um, I, for me, it's I don't give a crap. So. Well, no for, pun me, for me, me,
1: too. But for him, he did. Okay. Right. <laughs> so then the answer is whatever he wanted, because it see. mattered to him. Mm. And if he mattered to me, then that mattered to me. Eventually,
0: what mattered to me was what mattered to him. So what? So what did you do? You didn't get upset. You're saying you didn't judge him. You didn't say what the hell is your problem? I mean, who cares? You responded. You—that's the A and the R and the the word R. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you know what? Back then, I probably didn't handle it so well. (laughs) Because that was, if I didn't mention, that was when we were first married. Okay. So um, as, you know, I have gone through ups and downs in my own current relationship. I've been married for 21 years. We've been together 25, 26 years. So I may not have handled it so well, but and the outcome was, because it was a new relationship, I was like, whatever you want, honey. You know, so I did do as he asked, you know. So we didn't get caught up in that, but that's something we could have gotten caught up in. Right.
0: You I'm know, right, you're wrong.
1: Yeah, that there's actually a right way. Or just because you tell me to do something doesn't mean I have to do it. It just, just depends on what your, what your hang-up is, you know, whatever you find to, to kind of grab onto
0: in that conflict. Uh, can you give me another example? Uh, maybe something in your practice, an example of a couple... Like something a little more obvious. Yeah,
1: here's a great example. And I think we can all kind of relate to this. So imagine that you have um, date night set up or you've been looking forward to this amazing weekend away from, you know, the kids and work and everything with your partner for a really long time. And the day comes and you're on your way out the door. And you get in the car, and this happened. You know, this is uh, from a couple example. Okay, they were. It was a date night, really important to them. They have kids, they work, all, all, et cetera, that we all have in our busy lives. And um, as they're walking out the door, the um, the wife gets really upset. Right? This is supposed to be a beautiful night together. Well, why did she get upset? Because her husband was on his cell phone Mm -hmm. and he was actually trying to um, cancel a board meeting that he last minute was called into so that he could be present for his woman on their date night but she didn't know that Mm -hmm. and all she saw was him on his cell phone so it didn't matter once that hit her That he, you know, the message that sent to her was I'm not important here. Date night is not important. Time with me is not a priority to you. And so before she could even hear what he had to say, she was already so upset and so angry so she started what her kind of go-to style is what we she we call in eft she's a pursuer she's one that when she gets upset she becomes critical and demanding so right away she started criticizing him you're always you know those words always are never are very critical you're always on your cell phone you don't you don't care about me well i was going to say i mean she had to
0: get triggered because it's not the first time
1: Right. Yes, and and something else you mentioned in your intro too, when you talk about triggers. So if we go even deeper, all right, in EFT, what we try to identify in the couple are called raw spots, and raw spots are what we call attachment injuries that could have happened. Well, they have happened in either childhood relationships or in previous relationships or even in the current relationship that you're in. So it was a time in that relationship where you felt that you didn't matter to the mm-hmm. other person or mm-hmm. you were dismissed or whatever. So imagine a raw spot is sort of like let's say I have an injury on my shoulder and I'm wearing like the sweater that I'm wearing now so you don't see any like bandages or anything like that but you're walking next to me and you you brush by me and I say ow. Man, mm-hmm. you're like what the hell? I just barely touched you. What's your problem? Mm-hmm. Right? But I'm already like Gone, you know, so when those raw spots, emotional raw spots are tapped gently, our brain has this response, which is fight or flight, because it's like life or death, because in that moment, it feels like your partner is separated from you. And you can't reach them in that moment. They're not accessible and engaged
0: and responsive. But it sounds like he hit her raw spot—her old childhood issue of not feeling important—before mm-hmm. with the phone.
1: Yes, correct. That exactly. You're right on. That's when the raw spot was hit. When she looked over to him and he was not present. That was similar to something that happened in her childhood frequently. She was not important. And I'm saying that also
0: probably he's touched it before. Oh, yes. Even in this relationship. It's built up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a great example. So. Yeah, and so oh my gosh, tell us what happened before I ask you more questions. So she said you never, you always, you never you, never, you always and and then what happened. What a disaster. Sta- oh and
1: then it just cascaded into this all this thing, you're you know, criticism after criticism, mm. telling calling him names and oh, no. you're horrible this and you're that and and you don't they're newly wed. Um, they have lots of struggles. They're working through it though, they're amazing. Is this your um, second marriage? It is first for her and oh. second for him. Okay, um, but she said, "I don't even know why we got married." So it turned into this oh, whole it was thing. Deep, yeah. I don't even know why you got married. I don't even know why I stay here. Oh. If you don't want to be with me, then why are we even doing this? And she ended up storming off, left him on the beach because they were walking. They live on the beach and they're walking down to a restaurant and um, ended up staying in a hotel for the night. And then he had to go on a business trip the next day. So they hadn't talked in several days before they arrived in my office with their latest, this is the issue, you know, the latest fight. Mm -hmm. The issue was the same old issue.
0: She feels not important and mm -hmm. he's distracted.
1: Which he had no idea. Mm -hmm. So this is the other side of it. He had no idea. He was devastated because all he was doing, so remember there's another side to this. What he was trying trying to do was cancel this board Mm -hmm. meeting, Mm -hmm. which he's on the board, it's like this big investment firm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to give too much information. Yeah, but um, It was so a big deal. It he was needed a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. And for him to not be there was hugely... Him showing his love. Saying, I love you. Right. But she couldn't hear that because the raw spot was hit. Right. Her brain just responded and with... And, mm-hmm. Sorry. Boy, I'm
0: really interrupting today. No, it's I such love a, it. It's such a great... <laughs> she loves interrupted. We're a great couple. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that... Yeah, she's super triggered. It goes to the past, da 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 da. da. But also, he didn't communicate what you're exactly saying, babe. Listen, you know, this means so much to me. But I need to cancel this meeting, and you know, like communicate. They both did not communicate at all.
1: Right. So that's the key issue right there because he didn't have a uh, a chance to. So she would have Mm. said. And this gets to the heart of the issue, too, and from a vulnerable place. So remember, we're talking above sea level and below sea level. Below sea level is where those softer, more vulnerable emotions live in our gut that are like sadness, hurt, um, fear. You know, those are the emotions that are really triggered in uh, when we feel like our partner is no longer accessible to us. So... She wasn't able to identify that in that moment, what she was really feeling was hurt. Mm-hmm. But what she showed her partner was anger right? and criticism. So what he responded to when somebody is uh, given criticism, our natural response is, is defensiveness. And then his options are either to fight back or shut down. You know, so his typical go-to, so I mentioned before, she's the pursuer. He's more of what we call the withdrawer in uh, EFT. So his attachment style or go-to is to shut down Mm -hmm. because when he feels criticized like that, what he says to himself is, I can't get this right. I can't make this woman happy. Everything I try goes wrong. I just make things worse. So I'm just going to get really quiet. You know, he... He puts forth some effort, like, no, I wasn't trying to do that. I was actually trying to cancel the meeting. But remember, she couldn't hear this. Mm
0: -hmm. Because when you're so upset, you're so triggered, Mm -hmm. you can't hear anything.
1: No, you can't. And you don't believe it. Because what happens is the walls go up, Mm -hmm. right? And all your brain is telling you is danger, danger, danger. This person is going to hurt you. This person is going to leave you. And this is in a relationship where there's not a lot of emotional
0: security, which is actually the key. Yeah, how do you... Okay, I'm writing this down. But before we get... Well, how do you get emotional security? What's the key to emotional security? Yeah, so security? the
1: key to... Uh, and, and if I could just um, like back up for one yes. second. you know, Because if we're talking about what goes uh, wrong or right in love, I think we need to kind of define what love is, right? So if we say love is... And then dot, dot, dot. Like what what comes to your mind when you think of what love is? Respect.
0: Respect. Um, Mutual respect, Mm -hmm. kindness, um, consistency, putting the other person first, selflessness.
1: Yeah, so it's all those characteristics that are involved in love. But in order to understand and have a map for love and how we can actually grow love, we have to have a real definition for love is. And thanks to um, science science and attachment, we do have a definition for it. So, so what, is,
0: your, what the, is the definition of love? The
1: definition of love, love is an emotional bond. And it's not something, yeah, everybody wants it, as you mentioned, I think, earlier. Um, but what is key to recognize is that everybody needs it. And, and in our society where it's kind of go it alone, James Bond, mm-hmm. I'm better, you know, D, what is it, uh, do it yourself, DYI, mm-hmm. um, in our society and in our culture, we're kind of taught like sort of um, that being on your own is strong and needing another person is actually a sign of weakness. Oh, yes, especially women, I Especially feel. women, yeah. yeah. don't need anybody. Right. So it's important to recognize that we know one hundred percent, without a doubt, that we are hardwired for connection mm-hmm. and that connection is love that 's what we call it. it. We can call it emotional bond, we can call it a connection, but we are it is in our neural circuitry um, so that is why when I described um, the woman where her brain went haywire into fight or flight. Um, and it was kind of a life or death because it really is on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It is a life or death.
0: Protection. Yeah. So how do you build that emotional security that you say this couple doesn't have? What do you what do you tell them to do?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, so when you're in that sort of negativity and you come to my office and you're stuck in these what we call negative cycles, it's like having the same fight over oh, and yeah. over again. Oh, yeah. But it never gets resolved, Mm -hmm. right? So for them, that they're already in this place of negative conflict, the first step is really to recognize um, where they're getting getting stuck, what's Mm -hmm. triggering it, but really what are their key moves in the conflict. So for her, as the pursuer, her key move is when she's triggered, she becomes critical and demanding. Mm And his key move is he tries, he becomes really rational, and he starts to explain it to her. Well, baby, you know, um, this is what happened, and I was going to do this, and you're getting really upset right now. So he gets really, like... You know, cognitive, you Mm -hmm. would say, like, starts thinking and analyzing the situation. Non emotional. And it drives her insane. Right. Makes her crazy. Yeah, but he thinks he's fixing the problem. But he's also not validating. Right. But he's trying his best. Let me tell you, he is like so invested in this relationship. So he's really like, Mr. trying to fix it. Well, that's
0: his way of. Right, so that's his
1: key move. And yeah. so the more she does that, mm-hmm. she pictures him as, what you said, emotionally unavailable, which only escalates her critical, demanding, you know, trying mm-hmm. to reach him. It's like, are you there? Can you can you sense my pain? Do you recognize how upset I'm being? And you're, like, very calm and rational. Um, and then it gets to a point where her criticism gets to a point where it's just so out of control. Mm-hmm. He can't take it anymore, and he's saying to himself, I can't get this right, so let me just stop trying. Withdraw he withdraws.
0: So he pulls back which probably drives her even
1: more nuts and she becomes more escalated but then eventually she gives up and she goes her own way and says to herself this will never work. Mm. I can't trust him. See, he's never there for me. And he goes off saying I'm a failure. I'm inadequate. Mm -hmm. I can't make this work. I don't know what to do anymore. And he ends up very hopeless and hurting and alone and she ends up very hurt scared and alone.
0: So what do you, what so tools the do you first, give them yeah, now, so that you that, recognize, now that they each recognize right, their patterns? Right, so
1: which is not easy. Right. So they start to recognize their moves, um, and then they have to recognize what's going on at a gut level for them inside. So we have to kind of unpack that and get to what the raw spots are for each of them. So each of them has a real, um, you know, several raw mm-hmm. spots, and sometimes people's raw spots rub up against them, each other. You know, so, oh, yes. So, they're constantly, and they happen to have, you know, some interesting histories. Um, So, their raw spots tend to rub up against each other quite a bit. Um, And so, once, so then they have to identify what those are. So, the key is responsiveness. That's like Mm. a key word emotional responsiveness is what's needed and presence. And it sounds very uh, simple, but it's not easy. Right. So simple, but not easy. So we'll go back to the same example. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if, um, you know, this woman knows like a raw spot for me is when when he's on his cell phone Mm -hmm. or any time I feel like he's not paying attention to me. Mm -hmm. If in that moment she can go inside and say, what's happening? Oh, I just noticed, you know, I, I have I'm feeling really agitated right now. What's happening to me at at a gut level?
0: Awareness of your own feelings.
1: Yes, in that moment, which is Mm -hmm. super hard because... You know it is. When you're feeling angry and you just want to go at it. Because remember, this is happening really quickly, like in a nanosecond. Right. Um, so you're
0: talking about not projecting on the other person, yeah. like blinking, because we all want to project on the other person. And you're talking about owning it first, going inside mm-hmm. and having some awareness of what am I feeling? Oh, I'm feeling rejected again. I'm feeling like it doesn't care again. I'm feeling right. not important again. Right. Okay. And if she
1: could say, you know what? I, when you looked at your cell phone, I felt really hurt for a moment. It was like... You know, I felt like I wasn't important to you and, and like this night wasn't going the way I was hoping. And I was even thinking that you're probably going to be checking your cell phone all night. And I started to get really kind of down and worried about that.
0: That's beautiful. And it's beautiful ownership and catching it. And what if his response was, Baby, I don't know what your problem is. I mean, I'm just checking my phone. Invalidating and defensive. Absolutely.
1: Well, then that would definitely like just instigate her back into that, would tell her. This is not safe. This relationship is not safe. And it's actually, you know, not safe for her to be vulnerable. That, I would say, is an incompatible, unhealthy relationship because most of the time if couples really love each other when he sees that soft vulnerability you know we have there's um, action tendencies to emotion so um, emotions have a biological uh, you know component to them so when you see somebody that's sad i mean let's take you know you're a mom so take for example your children oh, yeah. and when they were babies what did their tears do to you as a mom oh,
0: broke my heart of course yeah and yeah. they
1: draw you in right. and they pull you over Right. So if you see your partner's sadness from a genuine place of like sadness and hurt and you love that person, you're going to be drawn to them and you're going to want to reassure them and you're going to want to comfort
0: them. So what should his response be if she says it that way? owns up? Well,
1: yeah, if, he, if she says it and it's 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 the ownership, but it's also the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So if she says to him from an angry place, you right. know, like, you know what, I'm so hurt by that and I, I can't believe you and I'm very sad right now you know does Mm -hmm. that sound no
0: you're angry right using the right words but angry emotion
1: so emotions like when we speak uh emotionally we have a place in our brain called the amygdala when we're talking like amygdala to amygdala um the other person can sense our emotions that you can't help but respond emotionally to that person so what would normally happen is if he loves her he would turn to her and say you know that was not my intention i can see that that really hurt you or whatever the words are that might come or hey baby come over here or Mm -hmm. maybe he Mm -hmm. just hugs her or plants a kiss on her whatever their thing is to say that it's not what i meant and i don't want you to feel that way and then they move on
0: but he would get a response like that because he's been well either had therapy or he's gotten to the point where he realizes oh that's her trigger okay that's a raw Mm -hmm. spot (sighs) so tell me what happened with the couple.
1: Well, their work, you know, they were, um, this With is that a couple. Example. Yeah, this is a couple I had a long time ago. They actually were able to work it out. You know, it took a lot of work, um, and they were committed. You know, I want to mention somebody else's, um, so I'm, I do emotionally focused couples therapy and the founder of that is Dr. Sue Johnson. Amazing. She has a book called Hold Me Tight. Um, also the name of a workshop that I did recently, and I'm hoping to continue doing. So another um, researcher that's really well known in and couples work is John Gottman. So he has identified, and I think Sue Johnson does agree with him, that the pillars of uh, love relationships is commitment and trust. Mm-hmm. These people were... So committed to each other, you know, they really wanted to make this work. And the way that you create love, the way that we shape love, and the way I shape love in my office is through these key moments of connection where one partner comes out from behind their wall, you know, and is vulnerable, takes off all their armor, all their protective armor, and shows who they are. And the other person comes out of their shell, takes off their armor and meets that other person in that vulnerable space. And one person reaches and the other person responds in a way that they can really hear it. Mm -hmm. That those are the moments that build loving relationships. Sue Johnson calls it uh love a tango. Like she she uses that as sort of a metaphor. And that sometimes, you know, if you watch tango, I mm-hmm. mean, they're so in sync and they're just like really attuned to each other, mm-hmm. can feel each other's moves and know how to respond, know what their needs are. But every once in a while you step on each other's toes. That's going to happen. But using this metaphor, what the person would do is right away, "Ow, you stepped on my toe." Mhm oh, I didn't mean to step on your toe. Sorry about that. Let's get back to dancing, you know, instead of getting caught up in the negative cycle.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but it's really creating. So couples do this naturally on their own in, in the beginning of relationships especially um, as you begin to trust. We
0: forgive in the beginning so yeah. easily.
1: And you want to be vulnerable, right? Because right. it feels so good. Right, it does. Um, and then over time, you know, if you're talking about like... People who decide to get married and have kids and work, you know, there's a lot of distractions um, that come into play that can start to erode at that emotional connection. And actually, then the reason that people divorce or break up is not because of conflict. It's because of emotional disconnection. The conflict comes mm-hmm. later. Um, but once they start to drift apart and they don't feel connected, that 's when you see a lot
0: of problems start How can to you arise. keep that from happening? I know that 's a huge question that could fill mm-hmm. a room with answers and books, but how can you keep emotionally connected and not disconnect over time, whether you 're married or not? Well, I think that you have to be intentional about your relationship
1: mm. you know it 's not something that just happens because you live in the same space or you go on dates or whatever that is. You have to be really intentional about your relationship. What Um, does that mean? Well, identify... I I think I know what you mean. Yeah, but but like, okay, both of you say this is what we really want, Mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of like, you know, um, I don't know why this came to mind, but hopefully this makes sense. Like the the Apollo, like the rocket ship that was going to the moon, like 99% of the time it was off course. But it always made it to its destination because it stayed in connection and in touch with mission control, right? So you can look at relationships in the same way. It's like here's our ideal this is what we want like identify like feel so have close a goal. To you.
0: yeah or have an intention together
1: yeah and this is what we want this feeling like right now this mm-hmm. is the moment i love i love you right now this is so awesome i want to stay this way with you and then we get off course we're going to hey how can we bring that back mm, that's you know? a great example yeah and so bringing it back is what communicating well bringing it back is key moments right so mm-hmm. When life happens, I mean, you can create those moments of date night and that kind of thing. But when there's a trigger that happens to recognize if you're feeling secure in a relationship, it's much easier in those moments of disconnection to be vulnerable. So if we already have, okay, this is another great example. So imagine that we have here um, uh, a big bowl, and there's, I'm just going to use marbles. Okay, so we have a big bowl of marbles, right? Or We have a bowl, and next to it I have um, some marbles. So every time we have connection or something positive in our relationship, I put a marble in. OK, so I, and then you come home and, you know, dinner's made and your partner says, wow, it smells so good in here. And you look so hot in that apron. Put it. Oh, maybe that's two marbles. So you're mm-hmm. putting in you're building up the emotional bank account, the mm-hmm. relationship bank mm-hmm. account. And then let's say something negative happens. Right. So then you take a withdrawal. So you take a marble out. Um, the research shows us five to one, and it's also with parenting relationships, by the mm-hmm. way, that we try to create p- five positive interactions to one negative interaction and not that we're going to be counting. But if you kind of look, you want to create a lot more so that when negative um, things come up in the relationship you you have some cushion mm-hmm. there and so once you know if you're constantly withdrawing 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 there's nothing there eventually the relationship is bankrupt and then you're withdrawing from a bankrupt relationship and and I definitely see that in my office a lot of times where you just have to work on building that up um, but going back to what I was saying if there's security in their relationship those little bumps of you're looking at the cell phone when it's date night mm-hmm. um, if I'm the, on the o- opposite side of that I can more easily access my um, emotions from a deeper level my softer emotions my more vulnerable emotions and I can say hey hon you know what you know this really bothers me I don't know what's going on over there but I just I just felt that way and I can be open to his response so you said again how do you build emotional security you build emotional security through key moments in the relationship where you can connect in a vulnerable way mm. whether you tr- intentionally try to create those moments or or if in moments of where you feel offended by the other person, or you feel hurt by the other person, that you can go in a softer way and ask for your needs to be met in that moment.
0: So go under the iceberg, the yes. glacier. Yes, yeah, yeah. And don't scream. Don't come from anger. don't right. Come Easier from vulnerability. It is so... <laughs>
1: Or even to say, you know what, let's say it did happen, Mm -hmm. then being able to go back and say, you know what, when I, I when I, I, yeah, when I (laughs) said that to you, I really just got triggered by that cell phone. Mm -hmm. And I know that that was not nice of me. And but what I was really feeling is, is I was just feeling hurt. Okay, you know, and then maybe you can try to resolve it from a past tense then. You know,
0: in a healthy relationship, you would get a, re- a response from the other person in a kind way. Absolutely. In an unhealthy relationship, it would be, "What what is your problem?" There you go again, mm-hmm. attacking when you're being vulnerable. Yes, because you're yeah. naked. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I had a uh, well. I'll give an example of when I did it wrong recently. <laughs> I'm doing a lot better, I'm doing it mm-hmm. relationships with myself a lot better. But you know, we're human, so. Uh so yeah my boyfriend and I live in different cities and so we have a schedule and uh um you know I we have a schedule we follow online it's very helpful mm-hmm. and so I he makes it I make it we do it together and so one day he said so are you going to are you are you coming to see me tomorrow morning and I immediately my old wound said oh, he uh, he's, doesn't want me, rejection. He doesn't want me. He's just fishing. Um, if he really wanted me, he would know the schedule. You know, what a dumb question is that? You know, um, just I felt totally rejected. So then I said, defensively, do you want me to come? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of saying, well, okay. So I said, do you want me to come? He's like, oh, yeah, no, I was just checking because I was going to work out or whatever. If you if you are going to come, of course I want to see you. La, 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 la. Um, so I guess the correct, and I never actually went back and fixed that. I I, I, I probably will after our talk here. But I guess to do, to have that same scenario, to do it correctly, to build emotional security because I was feeling insecure, obviously, would be mm-hmm. to go back and say, when he said, are you coming tomorrow? Me to say how I felt mm-hmm. underneath me vulnerable. What would I say? I'm asking myself. I would say, um, oh God, help me, Lisa. I would say something like, um, I'm feel you know, when you ask that question, it makes me feel insecure. I, it makes me feel, I'm, I'm feeling like not wanted. Well, maybe
1: you could say, you know, when you asked me that immediately, I felt, I don't know, I just felt like something happened inside of me. And then I started asking myself, does he really even want me to come? You know, that's really vulnerable, right? Because you're showing him
0: that you have this place inside of you that wonders If, and then when he says, because I already know the response, but of course I do that reading, you know, saying the right words. And then I would respond by saying, and even though you're saying the right things, I'm still feeling insecure. Mm -hmm. So, and then just leave it like that or what?
1: Yeah, I just get, and then you can, maybe it goes into a discussion about, like, you know, the reason that it, it lands on you that way is because he's so important to you. Right. And that you're, he's so important to you. And the thought of losing him, because that's the ultimate, right? Rejection and abandonment is Mm -hmm. like the ultimate Mm -hmm. fear in relationships. And you describe that that fear comes up and it's, you know, and letting him know. And so he knows that that's the place. And then he can reassure you and say, well, I, you know, I, I understand it, but at least the dialogue is there. Right. And you're not attacking or, um, being critical and sometimes you know that attacking and criticism and demanding is actually an attempt to connect right and so is the withdrawing right that's the crazy part and that's what i tell my couples i'm like you guys are working so hard to connect with each other but what's ending up is you're ending it, uh, you're you're so alone in the relationship and they both say yeah i feel so alone in this mm. um but that those attempts to connect whenever you're you're criticizing and demanding it's really saying come be with me but you're saying it in a way that the person can't respond right so even that though, yeah, you're saying to your partner, um, come be with me. I need you to, you know, to give me some reassurance here. The fact that he's trying is going to say something to you, right? Oh, yeah.
0: No, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I knew I did it. I, I didn't say wrong. I knew I did it wrong because, you know, it was still like in the back of my head. But um, yeah, that's a great example. Okay. So what red flags can couples look out for? You, we just gave a couple of great examples. Mm-hmm. Um I'll answer my own question and you answer it professionally. I'll okay. answer it in a way. I would think for me and my experience the red flags to look out for is for me personally I can only project my own experience. It's when I try to pretend that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So like it's a feeling for me and my gut. Yeah. Everybody for every it's it's in everybody's body in a different way For where Some people it's their teeth their eyes whatever me I feel sick. So what that to me that's my red flag going ding 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 something's wrong. Maybe nothing's wrong with him mm-hmm. something's wrong with me like mm-hmm. I am triggered so um so what I'm pretending I know that that's a red flag for me so mm-hmm. what could be how can people be aware How can listeners know what to look out for? Like, okay, we need to talk about this. Because, you know, on the surface, especially in the beginning, newlywed or not, you know, we all want that picture. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, don't do this. You know, we can joke. But yet, you know, the joke really isn't a joke. We're really sending a message that you're irritating me or I'm bothered. Mm -hmm. So what can we look out for?
1: Well, I think you said it beautifully. I mean, there's really no other way to say that. You have to recognize that what's going on inside of you. You know, and when you start to notice that, but a lot of people don't like you said, emotion strikes first in our bodies that's the first place it hits something happens in the environment, and we feel it in our bodies. We might not be able, able to articulate, give a name to the feeling, that kind of thing, but if that that kind of awareness, it would be really helpful to know that there's something going on and the, and and then to be able to find ways well you're asking about red flags, but that would be the first thing um, in order to help shape. Uh, Key moments in relationships is that, okay, something's happening inside of me. And do I trust this person enough to go to them with this? You know, that's the ARE question. Will you be there for me? Are they accessible? If I go to them with this fear, if I, you know, it's all about needs and fears, Mm -hmm. right? So if I go to them with this fear and I tell him or her what my need is in this moment, will that person be accessible? Will they respond to me? Will they be engaged in a way that I can really sense it? And it's just a moment,
0: you know? So the cookie sheet is a great example. We'll go back to that. So when I went and I said, this really bothers me, and I went under my iceberg and I Mm -hmm. said... It makes me feel unheard and not important. And the response was not what you just said beautifully in your Lisa Arango counseling group. Why, Lynn, honey, you are important. No, it was like, well, I don't know what your problem is, you know, or I I don't even know if there was a response. Basically, the response was a finger, although there was no finger given. So then what do you do with that? Well, I want to go back to a really important, like,
1: sort of nuance, I think, in this, and couples get hung up on it too, is that if you're saying it from that angry, critical place, I may have. (laughs) This, you know, this is really, uh, I really don't feel important here, and I I really don't feel like I even matter to you, whatever I say. Right.
0: That still lands on the other person as a criticism. That's true. You know? I could have done that. Right. Okay, let's say I didn't do that. So let's say, you know, people listening to this and they take a skill that you just, a tool that you just gave them, and they're expressing themselves coming from a centered place or Mm -hmm. a vulnerable, loving place, even though they're feeling sad Mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, And the response is like, okay, I don't know what your problem is. Or, you know, you're imagining it, honey. Mm -hmm. I love that one. It's all in your head. There you go, analyzing again. Uh So what does somebody do with that kind of response?
1: Well, you can let them know, hey, this is one of those times when I'm really being vulnerable here. You know, and you said the word naked before, and that's exactly how I describe it. It's emotionally naked. And I'm putting myself out here right now because I really need you. And hopefully your, your partner will hear that. And as I mentioned earlier, when you're speaking to somebody from that vulnerable emotional place, it resonates to the other person. It's a calling to the other person for a response. And they will hear that if you're able to send that to them in a way that's really vulnerable it will call to them.
0: But if that other person, because we all have raw spots, Mm -hmm. you're rubbing say you're you're expressing yourself in a vulnerable way, in a loving way, Mm -hmm. but it inadvertently rubs the person's raw spot old childhood trigger issue Mm -hmm. and they can't be there. They can't respond. They can't show up in the way you want them to show up right and that and that happens sometimes like i said so
1: going back to the bowl of marbles if that happens once in a while that's Mm -hmm. okay if it continues to happen over time it's going to erode at the the connection and security in the relationship Mm. so maybe in that case where there was a stepping on of toes and and you weren't able to like really um, get through it in that moment if you can go back to that and maybe your partner was you know, maybe they were really busy, maybe they're at work, maybe they weren't able to turn mm-hmm. to tune into a way to you in a way that you really needed in that moment. If you can find a good time, uh, when they seem like they have a moment for you and can really connect and say, you know, when that happened, this is what was going on for me. And this is what got triggered. And this is the why and this is how I was feeling. And I was already feeling that way. And then when you responded to me in this way, I started to get really freaked out. You know, and so hopefully at that moment when they have more time and they're able to sit there and process with you what the underlying current was of, of the message and how that how that impacted you. And hopefully in that moment, you can repair because that's a big part of this, right? Being able to repair when we have those mm-hmm. moments of injury in their relationship and you- insecure couples, they'll be able to have that conversation. We actually call those hold me tight conversations. Mm.
0: Meaning like you really want to be held tight.
1: Yeah, you're vulnerable with each other and you're just able to really embrace each other emotionally,
0: physically, and really feel connected. We all know what that feels like. And so, and that, this may seem silly to actually remind everybody of this, but th- I, I would imagine the best way to do that is not through text, not through mm-hmm. FaceTime. Because, uh, you know, women <laughs> were very reactive and our thumbs, I'll just speak for myself. Sometimes, I mean, I have been known to be like with the mm-hmm. thumbs, Yeah, you know, um, it's obviously a connection. If you can just hold off yeah. and do it face to face, calm yourself down, and come from that center place, it's much more effective. Would oh my you agree? goodness!
1: Absolutely. The one the one time I tell people you know couples to use their cell phone is that some people have such a hard time because of past injury in relationships or childhood or whatever have such a hard time reaching Mm -hmm. and they tell themselves i shouldn't need and i've seen this like you said in a lot of women i shouldn't need him i shouldn't need reassurance i shouldn't need that and if i do that means there's something wrong with me so i have a lot of work to do with people like that that have that mindset and to convince them that we you actually do need because you're human and it's hardwired into your neurocircuitry that you need this partner um, that you love in your life. So the way I, I will use um, text is like, can you find an emoji or can you find a, a word that signals to your partner? Because you can't say I need you or I'm feeling vulnerable. or I'm feeling insecure. Can you just send something that says I'm, I need you right now or I
0: need some reassurance right now? Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. So I am um, so I <laughs> I have a lot of emotions I am a woman uh-huh. <laughs> um, actually we all have emotions I really hate that sexism but I just yes. fell into it but anyway so for me the word is gush Aww. so i'll tell my boyfriend i i need some gush i've actually had to train him i feel like Aww. he's like what what do you need i'm like mm-hmm. I need, which is loving attention whatever all this stuff right. but i'm like i need some gush i need you i need reassurance i need you to tell me how great i am i need you to tell me how great mm-hmm. we are you know for whatever reason right. and it's turned into like a funny thing like a hashtag gush mm-hmm. um but you know what's funny he needs it too up i was gonna get to that yeah He needs it probably more than I do. I'm just more expressive about it and more willing to be vulnerable and say, yeah, you know, Mm I need gush. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool that you do that. So exactly what I'm talking about. So
1: And don't feel bad about it. Not at all, because it makes you human. You know, it it makes us all human. In fact, you know... I would like to talk about this example really quick just mm-hmm. to like drive it home. In the orphanages, in um, Russian orphanages in particular, there mm-hmm. were some studies that were done in the 1940s more or less. And the babies there were given all their physical needs were met. They had um, all their food, safety, protection, but these babies died. And the only thing that was missing was human touch. And they actually could not survive or thrive without that bonding So that's just drives home the point Mm. of as humans we really can't survive without connection, um, and certainly not thrive. Um, So yes, men and women alike—it doesn't matter—we all need it, and it's okay. So um, you know, I love your hashtag gush because then it's like it rolls all everything into just one simple word. And it gets your partner's attention because he loves you. So he's like, okay, I'm going to respond to that, you know, and maybe he can't do it all the time, but if he does it more times than not, that signals to your brain, Hey, he, he loves me and he's here for me. And by the way, the more couples have that security in their, in their relationship, the less often they, you're going to need that reassurance because we think of, um, Mm -hmm. we use words like codependency, that kind of thing. Um, Actually more secure relationships have more autonomy because what they signal to the other person is um, I can go out and explore in the world because I don't have to keep checking that you're around. Right. And that I know when I'm out there in the world doing my own thing, that when the storms of life come, I have a safe haven. So we call secure connection in, in parent child relationships, a secure base and a safe haven. And the same thing in adult relationships, relationships, we use the same map for understanding love. And it creates more autonomy, better self esteem, better self worth. And um, you and children, children that are have a secure attachment are less clingy with their parents. Um, We're not creating spoiled children by hugging and loving them and reassuring them how much we love them. And the same in relationships, we're actually creating more autonomy. And people can go off and be more creative. And live their lives. Oh, for
0: sure, you know. And by the way, ladies, uh, or whoever, whoever this uh, is touching right now in your heart. When, when, by the way, when I ask for gush, I'm not only asking to get it for myself, but I'm also telling myself by the mere asking that I deserve it. Yeah, it's uh, for me a form of self love Mm -hmm. so being vulnerable telling the world yes I need some love now yes I need attention now because before my old programming was oh pretend you got it all together you don't need anybody like you were saying right? when I was 10 my dad told me never depend on a man to take care of you Um, it was the best advice he ever gave me Mm -hmm. because I've never depended on a man to take care of me Um, but yet it was the worst because it was it shut me down it's fine you know actually dad you know I really—it was the best thing ever. I've told him that a million times, but I had to train myself to be vulnerable and to be open and to be okay with needing someone Mm -hmm. or needing love and attention. Um, Excellent. So let me just—I wanted to
1: just because you said that about—and maybe that's a message that a lot of dads or parents send their their daughters. You know, never have to depend on. But I think. That is not an unhealthy message in that, you know, maybe having a career and having being able to take care of your own physical needs, Mm -hmm. right? But the emotional dependency is something that's inherent in all of us. So maybe that was I'm sure your dad was trying to send that message of like, he was Yeah, like, and I think as parents, we all want to create kids that are independent and resilient and able to make it out in the world and the reason they're able to do that is because they come from a secure attachment in their home life that they're able to go out there and and create actually
0: better relationships with other people the more secure they are in their relationship with their parents right so to review what is your best advice for life on how to keep love going right in a sentence I would
1: say daily rituals of connection are key Like? Um, It could be, it's just simple things. Um, Middle of the day, and this is another time that I'll say use text message. Middle of the day, um, I miss you, or you looked really sexy today when you left the house. Um, Some gush. Yeah. Sprinkle some gush throughout the day. Throughout the day, and like have those as rituals. Like if you get up in the morning and you have time for coffee in the morning, or you come home, a kiss hello, a kiss goodbye, um, really just moments of connection where you turn to each other every single, every single day without fail, um, that you have those daily rituals of connection and that way you create, um, continue to shape those moments of, um,
0: connection and open responsiveness to each other. And building, uh, just to review, mm-hmm building emotional building your emotional bank account by not projecting when you're triggered and by owning your feelings Mm -hmm. and by the way we just kind of glossed over that that is like for me years and i'm still working on it not projecting um sometimes you're so pissed off or you're so angry or so hurt you want to project take a minute take a moment take Mm -hmm. a day take a second get centered and then express you say be vulnerable Mm -hmm. so you're heard instead of pointing the finger at the other person um what else did you talk about know your raw spots um Mm -hmm. know what your issue is underneath the iceberg oh another good tip from lisa uh you said be intentional about your relationship so even if you're listening to this and you've been married or together 10 years 20 years or you're just now starting to date um have an intention together of Mm -hmm. what we want out of this relationship Mm -hmm. what would be a good example of an intention just to quick question here like well
1: i mean when i'm talking about an emotional connection that you that that would be like the most key intention that you'd want to create with your relationship but like how do you
0: want to stay emotionally
1: connected, connected. that's yeah. it that's our goal yeah that's our goal we want to stay in this place and if we start to veer off from that that we need to find ways to come back to each other and connect
0: and connect yeah awesome good stuff Thank you so much, Lisa. If you want to get in contact with Dr. Lisa Arango, that's A-R-A-N-G-O, go to her website. It's called RelationshipCounselingMiami.com. RelationshipCounselingMiami.com. She's also on Instagram. That's where I found her. She Her handle is at Lisa Arango Counseling, at Lisa Arango Counseling. Thank you so much. Lynn, thank you so much. I really had a blast. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I want to have you back. I'll I'll have you back with another problem of mine. Let's (laughs) see how I handle it. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So, Tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.